Are you an enthusiastic wine drinker but sweat uncontrollably over a restaurant list from Albarino to Zweigelt? Set aside your fears, relax, and start enjoying wine without worry. Here's your host, Jameson Fink. And it's not a podcast today, it's a podcast. I'm here with Kate Lebo, who is a writer who has written two books about pie, not one but two. There is the A Commonplace Book of Pie and the recently published Pie School, a lesson in lessons in fruit, flour, and butter. And uh, please go to katelebo.com to find out more. But Kate, uh, I was perusing your book today, actually more reading it than perusing. I wasn't just giving it a, a surface uh, glance. And one of the sayings about pie, there are many sayings about pie, is uh, people like to say something, it's as easy as pie. But I thought about that, and a lot of people are probably like, like oh, pie is actually really hard to them. I think people have like a real psychological uh, issue with like making pie themselves, making the crust especially, and then baking it and filling it, and just everything. There's a lot of anxiety. So um, how do you help people get over that? Do you see that the people have that psychological issue with, with pie making, and how do you help uh, uh, be sort of their like pie psychiatrist? <laughs> <laughs> pie psych? Pie psych, Should I yes. hold it? You can hold it, yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's got two microphones. It's like, a, oh, it does? Back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Like, I can just you hold, hold it. Right it's here. kind of yeah. freaking me out. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so how do I be their pie psych? Um, one of the reasons I started high school was because of that cliche, easy as pie, and that that is a joke to a lot of people. Um, but, and what I found through teaching is, yes, almost everyone who comes to my class is coming, um, because they know it's not as easy as they say it is, but they also don't know why it's not as easy as they say it is. And that's basically the problem, that once you understand how you know, pastry works and how pastry works around filling, you're set. Both of these two, these are two things. Pie is a form, right? Fruit pie is a form anyway. Don't get me talking about uh, cream pies. I, I won't. I read the book. I don't, I don't care about cream pies at all, we find, except for eating them. Right. I love, love to eat them. Um, I'm going to take long naps afterwards. But um, pie is crust and filling. It's like the original Tupperware, basically. Mm-hmm. And each um, crust and filling has five basic ingredients um, that, once you kind of understand how they work, pie gets super easy, just like they say it is. But one of the, one of the challenges of writing this book has been knowing that it's going to take four sentences to describe a really important, simple gesture that in class I'll do it with just like a flip of the wrist sort of thing. So how to, how to translate that into this book has been, has been interesting. We had to do it with a lot of photos. Mm-hmm. I like the photos. Um, are the, is, that, is that you and is that your apron? That's not me. Oh. No, they wanted to get a hand model. Oh. Which, yeah. <laughs> I was admiring the apron. It's a beautiful apron. It it's not it my is. apron. Yeah. That is not me. Well, it should but be yours. I'm going to... I, I, they did a fantastic job. The, um, the photography team did a fantastic job in general. But with that, I was super proud because that, those were not my hands. That was not me doing it. And it looks exactly how I should do it, which tells me that recipe is described exactly. That's where my writer's training kind of came in, right. is how to precisely describe something. It's not a matter necessarily of just the right word. It can be just the right phrase, like how to evoke the mood and the spirit of what you're doing so that people kind of get it. Um, so something that I, I love about pie and something that makes it not so easy is that it's one of those foods that kind of reminds you that not all foods are there for your convenience. Mm-hmm. They're not really there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the materials that pie is made out of, like fat, 
flour, water, fruit, all these things are variable and all of them depend on the weather and the seasons, the time of the year. So when it comes to making crust, um, what gets tricky is you need just the right amount of water. And that changes day to day and according to whatever. Yeah, depending on the humidity and the air where exactly. you live. And nobody goes into their kitchen and checks the barometer uh, I do. they make pie. You do? <laughs> ha. I just check it every morning just regardless. <laughs> yeah. You do, too. What's the barometric pressure this morning? Oh, good. I can leave the house. Right. Um, without a, a handy wipe for your forehead. Right, right? exactly. Um, not that I'm saying you sweat. No, yeah, no. I'm like, God, you really know me well. <laughs> So ironically, I think that the best way to get the exact amount of water you need from crust is to not measure at all. What? Not measure? I'm sorry. You're talking about baking and not measuring? This is like heresy, right? Whenever I um, do any kind of like uh, live radio interview, I always get the one person who calls in and they're like, actually, baking is a science. Can you answer me this question? And my feeling is like, no, if you have that attitude, I probably can't answer it. That was question. me throwing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that they're wrong. Baking right. is a science. Um, but the way that I approach it and the way, the reason that I can teach pie is by kind of giving up um, faith in exact measurements and, and having putting my faith instead in my own judgments of what's going on in the bowl. So it takes a lot of attention. But keep in mind, we're only talking 20 minutes of attention here to make dough, right? That's about my attention span. That's perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and then I get distracted. And it only takes like 60 seconds to eat a piece of pie, right? If you're really into 60. it. So you can, you can then have 20 pieces of pie and still be paying Whoa. attention. That's how I like to spend my 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> um, where were we? Oh. I forgot. Uh, we are talking about barometric pressure oh, barometric and whatnot. Oh, barometric pressure, yeah. humidity, yeah. Water. all that crap. But I want to ask you about... Um, People, uh, desserts, pie, which I consider one of them, although I can consider it a breakfast as well. But it seems like we Because li- there's food in it. Yeah, right. There's, there's real food. food. Right, right. There's the fruit, fruit and whatnot. Pie. And it seems like uh, a lot of people, and this is how I feel like to segue into wines, is that people will have a glass of wine like uh, with their appetizer and maybe enjoy some wine with their entree. But when it comes to dessert, people are like, and dessert wine, people are like, oh, I'm too full. Like, I couldn't. Or like, oh, I'll just, you know, I don't want a dessert wine and, and whatever. And I think we... And that's a lot of with portion size in restaurants too. But um, do you find that um, the whole dessert world, or you know, pie world, pastry world, doesn't have this sort of cachet? I, I look at it like like there's Cabernet and Chardonnay, and then there's sweet wines that are like, oh, you're having a sweet wine, like it's not wine. Like oh, you're having pie, like it's not food. Do you feel that sort of a the way people look about food that like desserts and sweet things are, are sort of judged differently or not put on as high of a, a pedestal as they should be? Well, they're judged differently, but they, they might be on actually at a higher pedestal. Um, people freak out when you bring a pie to the party. That was the first thing I learned the first time I made a good pie, was that the, all eyes on that pie. Right, like I show up with like my uh, Tostitos and Tostitos jarred salsa, like <laughs> the bachelor. Or you bottle of wine, and they're like, oh, thanks. Right. Go ahead and put that over there. Yeah, the wine dude you know? brought wine. Great. Thanks a lot, exactly. Mr. Thoughtful. But the pie, they're like, what are we, yeah. we going to open that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, people freak out. It's great. Um, and it's actually, it's one of the things that's drawn me to pie is that kind of almost universal reaction of excitement. Mm-hmm. It's maybe just the reptilian brain ultra firing at the fat and the sugar um, and the sweet. Um, so no, I don't. But also with this question you're you're asking, if, if dessert is not you know properly honored yeah. as a food, um, it might be true. But I don't really care. Right. If that's the case, that's this is not a fight that I worry about. Right. Or 
want to go to bat for, right. I suppose. Um, I think one of the things that's cool about fruit pie is that because there's fruit in it, we can tell ourselves we can eat it any time during the day, and we often do. Yeah. Um, and, but we also know that that's not really really a meal. It might be a meal if we had to then go back out into the fields right. for the rest of the day until the sun went down. Right. Which it used to be, right? Yeah. Like, not, not for me, like, sit at my cube in my office, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, pie is, the, like I said, the original Tupperware. It's a food that holds itself, right? It's a food that is... Um, Portable because of that contained, you don't need um, utensils to eat it necessarily. So it was a practical choice for a lot of people who had very uh, physically hard jobs in years in the past, right? In the days of yore. Right, in the days of yore. And now it's just a dessert. Right. For now those of us dessert. who sit on our butts mm-hmm. and um, die from carpal tunnel instead mm-hmm. of from threshing accidents. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which is a, a worse way to go. Probably the threshing. Threshing's faster. That's true. That's true. But it sh- shows no mercy. That's <laughs> true. So uh, you have a question for me, I believe, about wine. All right. So I sometimes will just put a glug of whatever white wine I'm drinking, but usually like some Lillet yeah. or um, some Vino Verde into my summer fruit pies, like a peach pie, mm-hmm. for example. Um, and I'll bake it. But I'm not sure it's actually doing anything. Right. It sounds like a good idea, but um, I'm wondering what happens when you bake with wine. I think it's not it's not like when you uh, like when you like deglaze a pan with wine and it and it concentrates and and it evaporates and you're left with like a really you know like a, a tiny flavorful amount of liquid. I think we just kind of glug uh, like a, a still white wine versus like bourbon or whiskey into a pie. There's just you'd have to put in so much for it to flavor it that your pie would be soup. Your pie filling would be soup. So my advice would be to try fortified wines that are richer, heavier, sweeter, higher in alcohol, and more viscous, like I think port or uh, sherry or Madeira. And I think uh, I think you could also experiment with like uh, a dry sherry, but I think of sort of like these uh, unctuous dessert wines that have like great viscosity and are really nutty, like um, uh, especially Madeira, like I think would be a great addition to like apple pie. And port might be interesting with uh, uh, some fruit pies, or uh, maybe even white port might be interesting too. White yeah, because like I'm thinking of like making like a summer kind of yeah. sangria with like white port and peaches. What about ice wine fruit? or something like that? That would be great. Yeah, ice wine would be great, or like late harvest rieslings, late harvest wine. So yeah, I think you want something that's sweeter, richer, and that's why I would say the fortified wines. Because I'm thinking, I know I've seen I've seen whiskey make an appearance in a pie or two of your books. So I would I would recommend um, like the stronger the wine, the better. So something fortified or like a, a fruit wine might be interesting. So it's it's strong in terms of the liquor and in terms of the taste. Yeah, I think in terms of the alcohol percentage, because like let's say like your vino verde or your light fresh wine will be like you know like anywhere from like 8 to 12 or 13 percent alcohol but with port or sherry or madeira you're pushing 20 percent and i think that makes a difference Why? in uh well i just think it alcohol carries flavor and oh. then when you have a higher is that uh, true yeah or do you just hope that's true uh, well if it's not i'll just have that edited okay. out but no alcohol alcohol is a, a, a carries flavor so when you have i just think that's true that's why people uh cook with you know that's why you know a splash of bourbon or things like that can really help uh, carry flavors. So I, I would do a higher alcohol wine. I would think a sweet wine, a dessert wine. Okay. What do you think of that? Is that the same wines you would use to pair with pie if you were going to be? Yeah. Um, I think the, the thing is, if you had like a, a, a beautiful piece of a uh, fruit pie, an apple pie, and then you had, let's say, like uh, we're here at Bottle House in Madrona. I'm enjoying a sparkling wine. Kate's drinking a, a dry white wine. So. 
Uh, if you had a dry white wine and a piece of apple pie that's sweet, it would just kind of, the pie would obliterate the wine, the sweetness in it. So the rule is like you want to have something as sweet or a little sweeter so it doesn't get obliterated by it. So that's why I like, um, uh, that's why you should have like sweet wines with, with sweet foods. Or kind of flipping the script, uh, a lot of people will pair like a, a sweet dessert wine like port with, or, or sauterne, which is a famous French wine, with blue cheese. Because it's like like to like really salty, strong things, or like people even do like foie gras with sauterne, which is a sweet wine, but really super strong salty flavors like like blue cheese and, and port would be a classic one. But I think with with fruit pies, you want sweet wines. Just any red or any dry red or white wine would just be obliterated by the sweetness of it. So why? What is uh, that obliteration? Uh, I just think because it's it's uh, this this sweetness just of, of a, a fruit pie just overpowers a dry white wine. Does it so like stay sweetness. in your taste buds? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think it, I think it makes like the uh, the dry wine taste a little a little funny too. Right. So I would say go. Is this like toothpaste and orange juice? Uh, yeah, kind of. It's kind of a clashing. It clashes in a way that's un- unpleasant. Okay. But. Um, but I think, actually, you might be able to do something with, like, I would say, like, a fruit pie with something like, maybe, like, a Zinfandel, because they tend to be really jammy, and uh, and that kind of works with the pie. But really, I would say, you just uh, drink the sweet wines with, with pie and save the dry wines for before. For I dinner. really like, so I don't like adding jammy flavors to my pies because uh-huh. the fruit is already jammy. Yeah. To me, it's like adding apple brandy to an apple pie. Uh-huh. Like, it's already going to taste apple-y. Right. I mean, I have a recipe that does that, but right. for the most part, I, I lay off. And want a contrasting flavor, like a floral flavor, uh-huh. or um, spicy flavor. Or okay. Like that. So, what kind of wines then would I choose? I think for floral, it would be great is Moscato de Asti, which has like it has wonderful kind of peach and pear aromas, but it's got sort of like a a fresh kind of like floral aspect to it. I think, and it's and it's light and fizzy too, which I think is a nice. I think the fizz is a nice contrast to like when you're eating something that's rich, whether it's sweet like a pie or whether it's like a steak, like to have that effervescence. I think really cuts through that that sweetness and richness and kind of refreshes your palate for the the next bite. So you're not kind of overwhelmed. So this is to pair it with, not to bake inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it would be interesting to, to, to glug a little Moscato de Asti uh, in there. Um, but I think I think you're right. I think if you're talking about, I mean, at, at the most, what, a third cup, a quarter cup? Yeah, nothing more than against, that. Against, it gets too soupy. Yeah, it gets too soupy. And against, yeah. you know, like, what, five cups of filling? Or, yeah, yeah, five I think, or six. And with... Um, Whenever I put whiskey in, I do no more than three tablespoons. Yeah, yeah. So I would look. I would look at, like I said, something like port, sherry, or Madeira. I'd look at a four to five one. Okay. Okay. We'll have to uh, conduct an experiment. We shall. Yeah. We yeah, shall. Absolutely. <laughs> in port, sherry, and Madeira. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Fortified wines and pie. Yeah. I'm wondering what fruits would be fun for that. Yes. What's uh, what's so? What what are good winter fruits that are in season now? I mean, is it just all about apples, or what else gone, is around? And it's all right now. It's all about apples, pears, and quince. If you're lucky, uh-huh. you can find some. Um, but what do you do when it's like uh, the middle of uh, December or January and you're in Seattle? Sometimes I cleanse my palate and make no pie. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, but when I'm teaching. I obviously have to make pie because I teach pie classes. Yeah. I will use uh, frozen fruit, okay. really good quality frozen fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, do sour cherries, do marion berries. Um, often, um, what is it? Shake of lemons will be in season from elsewhere. 
Wow. We'll find, we, they usually show up right, right around now, maybe in January, and I can make a really delicious shaker lemon. Did I say shaker lemons? I meant Meyer lemons. Okay. I was Meyer like, lemons. I don't know what shaker lemons are. Meyer But then I'm, I'm not like, uh, I don't, I'm not pie school, so I just right. didn't want to sound ignorant. Nope. You were, I just you, nodded my you were head. right to question. Yeah. Okay. There's no such Trust thing as my a stupid gut. question yeah. to stupid people. Uh-huh. Right? Stupid people asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Meyer lemon. They're these, you know, really thin skin, sweet lemons. I mean, you cut them really, really thin and macerate them in sugar overnight, uh, they make, they uh, bake up into really delicious, con- kind of confusing pie to some people because it's intensely sweet, really, really tart. Clearly it's lemons and a little bit bitter because you have that pith on mm-hmm. it. So I'll make that during the winter a lot. Or I'll do um, cranberry pies, you know, mix um, some kind of frozen fruit with a cranberry, like apples. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Cherries. Well, uh, if you can't attend Pie School in person, please go get a copy of the book by Kate Lebo. Go to katelebo.com. Find out more about pie and writing and poetry and and life, too, I think. (laughs) So, Kate, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You're listening to Wine Without Worry with Jameson Fink. All right, my wine pick of the week, uh, all that talk of pie and also dessert wine. I just want to... uh, get home this point that Madeira is one of the best wines in the world. Now wines, not just sweet wines, because I don't think sweet wines are a, a separate category. They're wines, just like sparkling wines. Um, they shouldn't be shoved off into a corner or trotted out only on certain special occasions. So Madeira is amazing. It comes from an island that's off the coast of, uh, really it's off the coast of Africa, north of the Canary Islands, but it's mostly associated with with Portugal, but actually, when you look at it on a map, it's much closer to the northern coast of Africa. But the wine is amazing. It's a fortified wine. It lasts forever. Uh, I think Chris Blandy told me that um, the the joke is that it doesn't have a shelf life; it has a half life. You can keep an open bottle forever. You can keep it by the stove, and it won't kill it. Uh, light won't kill it. Nothing will except your pure. Uh, lust and thirst for it will kill the bottle and uh, pleasurably so so i highly recommend uh having a bottle of madeira around at any times it's sweet but it's got a nice little acidic zip on the end so it's actually quite refreshing you can actually have it as a aperitif or uh have it with dessert or have it be your dessert it's great in the winter uh you can make cocktails with it um it's really awesome i would recommend getting um i like the five-year-olds i think those are where the wine is average five years old i think those are a great introduction to the world of madeira um blandies and broadbent both make a really nice one so just think madeira five and b and um you'll be golden <laughs> 